Well, I don't even think this deserves an intro, to be honest. No nice intro music, no nice greeting, no nothing like that. I love you guys, but yeah, I mean, we all know that we went into the season unprepared, but I don't think we knew to the extent in which we were unprepared for the season until it was put in our face when we're playing against a newly promoted team, a good one, but it wasn't even just that we lost. It looked like we just had never kicked a ball in our whole entire lives. And um, it really went back to that Villarreal game where we were waiting for them to kind of get it together and they never quite did. And um, we're sitting at the end of the game looking dumbfounded because we played against a team that we feel like we could be, but we never really looked like we were in the game. And that's exactly what happened today. Everybody who made comments during the window or during the, the summertime saying that me or this channel was way too positive, I think did not watch prior to the transfer window. So if you're new here, we do criticize the manager. And I've always said that he should have never gotten the job. Arsenal in the position that we're in at the moment he should never have been in the job. Should never have hired him. He was never the right fit because this mess is too big for somebody who's never coached before. Um, then you add Adu to that and you have a very inexperienced management team that I feel, think like, think they know what they're doing, but are not really in a position to feel that way. And it, re it just keeps happening every single time where we're not prepared we look weird. We look like we have no tactics. The team doesn't look up for the game. We lose and we're sitting here trying to figure out what's going on. And I just feel like this is just Arsenal in a nutshell. We are not prepared. Like we are not prepared. The Premier League is becoming faster, stronger, more competitive. You can lose any game. And we're sitting here resting on our laurels thinking, well, because we're Arsenal, we're going to beat a newly promoted side. That team was ready and we were un prepared and that is totally unacceptable for a team of our stature especially for a team that thinks that they're going to get into Europe there's no excuse there's no excuse for going into the first game of the season regardless of if it's Brentford or Manchester City the way that we did today and losing a bombing and Lacazette should not make people realize that we need a striker I personally feel that we project way too much on these young players into who we think that they will become and decide that they can start doing that now. They can't. They're not ready. And they shouldn't be asked to. So I'm looking at Balogun, Martinelli, ESR, Sambi, you know, Reese Nelson, who came out there, Bakayo Saka, like, it's not your fault. Arsenal Football Club should not be fielding a team of teenagers or young players like that on the first game of the season. Shouldn't be doing that. But this is the position that we're in. And um, I don't really know how we get out because the owners that we have seem quite content allowing two inexperienced people to run the club in its most feeble position it's ever been in. And so going into the season – my expectations were always that I think we can finish sixth with a push, with new players in the team, and with a lot of things going our way. 
as soon as you say, or as soon as you put out a team full of young kids like that, I think you really just kind of, that is our floor. So did we really do enough? No. It's just, I don't want to overreact, but at the same time, this has always kind of been what I've thought. Like, we're just not as good as people think we are. And although I do believe we should be able to beat Brentford, if you don't have the ability to compete, if you don't have players that can change the game, if you can't defend corners and set pieces and throw-ins, if you can't defend your near post, if you can't connect a five-yard pass, if you don't have tactics, if you look completely confused, how are you going to win any games? And why do we keep having these same reoccurring issues? It's not like set pieces haven't been an issue in the past, maybe not last season, but before that. It's not like we haven't had goalkeeper issues in the past that's been creeping up over the last couple of maybe months or so. It's just, it's not like we haven't known that we need a basically a whole new team. So why are we sitting here looking at a team, not only the team from last season, but with the introduction of like two young players as well. So it's bad. It's really bad. But that's not to say that we had our strongest team out there. We do know that we're missing Gabrielle and party and stuff like that, but it doesn't feel nice. I said before the game that I felt like people were just waiting on us to lose this game and they're relishing in it. I'm sure everybody's WhatsApps are going crazy. I'm sure they've gotten tons of messages, phone calls from people that, you know, just want to see us capitulate. And we played right into their hands. You know, we played right into their hands. So we kind of have to just take these L's hold them and just hope, you know, that's all we really have is hope right now at the moment, you know, but we'll talk about winners and losers today. The, the structure of the show is each of us will choose a winner and a loser. Doesn't have to be a player, can be a coach, can be a referee, can be whatever. We'll talk man of the match. It's going to be probably difficult to figure out who that's going to be. And then we'll take your calls. So we'll put out the link so that you can come on and have your say is your opportunity to come on here and let us know how you're feeling about the game. The only thing that I ask is that there's no abusive language, no over the top type of stuff, no abuse, no nothing that's going to be offensive, but please feel free to come on and don't be afraid because this is why we have the show is so that everybody can feel like they can just get their feelings out there. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in my panel for today. I have George here, Gunnar King and Gunnar Souls. Thank you guys so much for being here. I know it's difficult, but we got to do what we got to do, right? All right. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box before we go ahead and get started. We have a super chat here from Trace Man United. Thank you so much. He says, hopefully you support some U.S. teams from the NFL, all these different leagues that are American leagues that can give you some joy because I don't think Arsenal will this season. Newsflash, I haven't gotten joy from Arsenal in – maybe 10 years. So um, I'm not new to this game. I'm not new to this game at all. M Lord says new owner and manager needed. Um, M Lord says we have an owner that doesn't spend like the others. Robin S says still playing that donut attack. Tactics are so bad. Yeah, you guys. Um, Josh says, get this idiot out of our club. <laughs> Matthew says for the poll, I'll add new ownership. One true mess fixer. Um, Mr. Austin, who's a new member to the channel. Thank you so much. Cold opening, Jess. Oh, man. You guys, it's crazy. But um, we're just going to get some raw reactions here from my panel. George, how are you feeling? Just 
no real lead up to it. Just tell me what you, what are you thinking? How are you feeling? I think it's ridiculous because um, as a game, we just weren't on it period. And I, I don't know. I don't have any excuses for it. I think when your entire team doesn't show up, the tempo's not right. You don't have any structure to your team. That's a manager's position. You got to set your team out to, to be able to do that. And, you know, in terms of lineups, I don't think there was a single Arsenal fan that was down on the lineup. In fact, I saw the complete opposite. I saw ecstasy. I saw everybody say, this is amazing. This is perfect. We're going to have a great win. We're going to have a statement performance. And when you have a performance that, again, lacks the fundamentals, lacks winning your second balls, lacks winning any kind of structure, you know, the one thing that you can say with, you know, Mikel teams is at the very least, you have central compactness, defensive solidity, a clear build-up structure, a clear second phase, and there was none of that. It was just a bunch of players letting the occasion get to them. I look at very traditionally technically secure players like, you know, Ben White. He had a mare. For really, you want to be honest, like he had a mare. He was very loose technically. He wasn't in his position. You know, he let himself get spun. You know, I, I think there was maybe two players maybe three that could hold their heads up high. Really, Emile Smith-Rowe, I think he had a good game. He did the best he could. And then the other two that I'll shout out are like Kieran, who was always an outlet. But even Kieran, he was poor in his delivery. Like, I don't think you can just cross without looking. I saw too much of that today. I saw him at least providing an option, but that's not enough. And I, you know, I saw Samby do some great touches, some great passing. He was trying his best. But, but again... I feel like the tempo was off. And so when you look at those things and it's every single individual at fault, this isn't just, you know, one or two individuals costing us. This isn't like Leno's the only reason we lost for me. That, that's a manager kind of position. You know, you have to set your team out to get the job done. And we just, we just weren't, we just didn't do that. And so, yeah, no, I, I, I'm just very disappointed. Uh, I don't know what to say. It was just a horrible day at the office. Um, I struggled to really tactically analyze this game because there was nothing there to really analyze. It was just absolutely poor. People that I, you know, I traditionally look to step up didn't. And it wasn't just one or two players. It was the entire team. And when you get to, you know, something like that, where it's a team issue. I don't, I don't feel comfortable singling out an individual that that's got to fall on the manager. He's got to uh, change something. The tempo was off and yeah, I I'm just really disappointed with that performance because I felt as though, you know, as a team, you had the opportunity to lift the fan base. You had an opportunity to try to change the narrative about where you're at. And I just didn't see anybody take any kind of charge in that team. So for me, it's just a really, really bad day at the office. Um, I'm not going to sit here and bemoan projection. I'm not going to sit there and claim that this is now the broad stroke of our season. I'm sorry, that's just not me. Um, I, I firmly believe it was just a horrible day at the office, and this happens. It happens not just in football. It happens in life, and I don't think that's a marker for you know um, the season. You know, I, I need to see a pattern of behavior if this extends – past five games and so on then maybe i'd say that we're in trouble but i'm not going to let one game where things were so traditionally off like I, I didn't see 
a single buildup. In the first half, Leno went long with every kick. That's definitely not an instruction from the manager. That's 100% not what we do. These are non-negotiables, and he did it. We talked about the keeper on the last podcast. It's a big, big problem. You know, he doesn't follow the manager's instructions. You know, forget the goal, which I think he should do better. But the fact that he's going long and he's not listening to the manager because he's scared, that's an issue. It transmits to your defense. It transmits to you not being sure. And look, we're not quality-wise there. But again, I pose the question, when you looked at that lineup, that was enough to beat Brentford. I'm really not having anything else from any other fans. That was enough to beat Brentford. And the fact that we didn't from the entire team back to front is an absolute criticism on the manager because you need to get your players up for that. And if they just had a little bit of tempo, we would have been out of sight very quickly. You know, I I think this idea that we were overplayed is bollocks. Like there were huge spaces in that team. When you look at the second half, it was fine in the first five, 10 minutes. And then there was no urgency. There was urgency for maybe five or 10 minutes. And it's just like, I got to question the guy in charge at that point. You know what I mean? Like you cannot play for five or 10 minutes. You don't have a divine right to rock up and win based on lineup. You don't have a divine right to go and sit there and you have to respect the game. You have to respect the fundamentals, win your second balls, play with intensity, play forward, back up your teammates. And just none of that was, you know, really there today. So uh, I just think that you have to criticize the team at that point. And everybody needs to accept responsibility because it just wasn't good enough. Uh, There isn't really much fancy analysis, really. It just wasn't good enough. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all say it's it's not good enough. And a lot of people in the com- in the chat box are saying, don't blame the players. And I really do agree with that. Like, and especially when I look at Sambi, ESR, these young players, they should not be asked. They shouldn't be asked to do this. Like, we should have good players available to us on the first game of the season that can take us over the line against Brentford. That's mismanagement to me from the top to Arteta. They're just, they left us out to dry. You know, Gunnar King, what do you think? I think, I think you're, you're on mute. Hold on. Gotcha. Oh. oh, unmute yourself. Oh, yeah, there you go. Unmute yourself. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I there's parts of me that agree with both of you. I think I don't think it's enough to blame the players because they're not being helped by being given the right sort of quality that's needed to get the best out of them. You can't just have that high level of inexperience in your team and the team doesn't pick itself, you know, the, the, that's, you know, the manager, but you know, what the manager's being given to work with, we've known for so long is, is, isn't good enough. And the moves that we've made in the market, uh, they, they haven't been quick enough. I, I mean, you know, Tavares and uh, Lukonga to their credit, haven't come in to impact the first team immediately. So you've only brought one addition to improve on what was a very poor team last year is is that enough for a team that wants to finish in the top six well today it looks like it's not even good enough to be a team that's come up from the championship and uh that's that's the sad thing that's the that's the really sad thing you know that um we we just it, it, the, the the rot isn't it doesn't start with the players it doesn't stop with them it, it it's right at the top you know with the people that are making these decisions 
yeah, bemoan Edu and Arteta by all means, but who put them there? You know, who decides that two interns can be given the keys to the biggest club in the country? You know, that's that's just it. That's got to be holding a mirror up to Edu to to show that the the this is the product of your indecisiveness or you know in, in between trying to buy arrogance holiday, arrogance yeah it's just I, I don't know jess i'm sorry like i can't sit here and just hear that you can't blame the players i do blame the players as well like i i don't sit there and want to give a free pass to anybody i'm sorry this was not good enough like I don't care if you're a young player or not, Jess. You need to do the fundamentals correctly, okay? And a lot of those players out there that we're hammering right now as well were experienced, but also youngsters that weren't doing the basics correctly. And, and I'm sorry, you need to do that. Balogun, when he's in the chance there, he's got to control that. That isn't, you know, the occasion being too much for you. In the moment, can you execute your final ball and your final action? You're a striker. I'm sorry, you can't, and you didn't do it on the day. That doesn't mean that you're horrible, but it does mean your performance today was not good enough. And I do blame the players because, look, at the end of the day, okay, it's not just the manager. It's not just one magic pill that's going to fix the team. It wasn't like you remove this one factor and the team suddenly becomes able to win this game. You win this game uh, kind of one time out of infinity. We lose this game 10 times out of 10 because of the way we approach the game both manager prior and mid-game as well. None of the players showed urgency except for Smith-Rowe. None of them. It was, it was a problem across the entire team, and I'm not, not going to sit there and give a pass to the players. I think it's ridiculous. It makes it reductive. You start to then say, oh, it's just a manager's fault, and I don't buy that. The manager was not good enough today, but the players were also not good enough today. And, you know, this can happen, but, you know, you don't sit there and blame leadership when you don't do your job. I don't sit there and blame my supervisor if I don't produce on the day. It's a combination of both. You didn't give me the proper leadership, and I didn't produce. It's a shared responsibility at the same product. You're part of a team. This isn't an individual sport, and I just think it wasn't good enough today. It really just wasn't good enough, and that's basically it. I, I don't know if there's any major tactics that you can go into at this point. It was just not good. I mean, I, I, get, I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm not saying that, like, they don't have some responsibility, but quite frankly, I feel like we've seen similar performances from the moment that Arteta has come in where we leave our heads scratching, like what happened to the tactics? Why do they look like they haven't really gotten up for the game? Why do we look so confused and why are we getting outplayed? Albeit you say you don't think we got outplayed. I personally think we did by lesser opposition. And we're talking about a team that went from, you know, Guendouzi, Xhaka, Mustafi, David Luiz, Kalasinic, uh, Mesut Ozil, Abamiang, Lacazette starting. And now we have basically a completely different team, but we have a lot of the same questions. So I have a hard time, like, I get that the players need to step up, but I've always had this undercurrent of feeling like there's something not right when we start a game and it takes us 15 minutes to settle in. And not only that, if we don't start off good, we cannot rebound. And that's something I feel like I have to do with the manager. But Nashville Gunnar says, I was excited by the lineup. I wanted to see a young, high-pressing press team, but we only saw a young team without the expecting the high line and pre pressing. I mean, I don't know where that high line went. It, it went away. Uh, we didn't Leno press. Leno kept kicking it away. 
Because let it, we didn't sit there and settle. Not once in the first half can anybody sit there and remind me when, it, when there was a broke, break in play that we sat there to build up and then afterwards settled in a high line. It wasn't well, it was there. probably because they were pressing us off the pitch. Like oh, they, were so poor, they, were so they were more energetic. They were more energetic. They were, they were they targeting were... Mari and Chambers. And at the end of that, they were losing their head. In the first five minutes, Mari couldn't control the ball. And he just slapped it upfield to a Balogun who was competing with Ayer, who's 6'4". Like there, there was no composure on the ball. And, and it was just, it just wasn't good enough. I, I don't think they were the ones responsible. We didn't get the second balls. In that second goal, how is that a tactic issue? That's unacceptable from players. How do you score that second goal? Can anybody sit there and explain to me what the defensive structure was for allowing a bounced ball in the middle of the box at halfway in the first half to get through five players? Can somebody explain to me how is that not a player issue at that point? No, how is that not I've somebody always, accepting responsibility? A lot of these games tend to coincide with, for me, when the manager switches something up, or we don't have particular players in that system. Like, I just feel like we have these games when he switches things around and he kind of changes what he wants to do. And it's always like this. It was like this with Villarreal. Like, but Jess, I just I'm feel... sorry, but... Go ahead. That, that, defend... that defending, I'm sorry, it's not because he changed something. You're telling me they forgot how to header a ball. You're telling me they forgot that they're meant to clear a ball. I'm sorry, there's certain things where both of those mistakes for gold they weren't because we changed our system. It, it's basics. This, this, this. Yes, you can make mistakes because you you started to play a deeper line. That's understandable. That that happens. But the way we conceded both the goals, I'm sorry, that's down to individuals just not being pro, like proactive enough. They're not trying to tackle the player. Were they're we not playing good to... for minute one though? I could understand that a little bit more if we were playing no, good and then individual error. We it's were both. bad from the very beginning. But that's where it comes to both. Did you see any of the players show any attend? Any like Martinelli's pressing wasn't even there. Balogun wasn't pressing as much. ESR wasn't like there was no intent from the players. So do you and think, I think there was? Do you think Arteta maybe said, "Don't press as high" because I'm not that confident in what we're doing? I mean, we I did don't not think play he a high line. Burnt we didn't play a high line this time. No, but I do not think I do not think a because the players weren't comfortable. But b I do not think Mikel Arteta told Bert Leno to kick the ball after every set piece. I do not think the one negotiable of this one manager who you may not agree with tactics has consistently said to play the ball out from the back and not once at every broken play did Bert Leno even attempt to build play. The tactics were gone. There was no first phase. How are you going to get a high line and build up to the top end of the pitch without moving? The ball literally came from Chambers. It was booted upfield. Mari, it was it was booted. We didn't get control of the game, Jess. There was nothing in there. And I don't So you're think saying they, that they just decided on their own not to do what the managers said to do. I fully think Bert Leno ignored the manager's advice and went long every I single think he time. Changed his tactics. I think he changed his tactics. I don't think he was confident and he decided, okay, we're just, we were booting the ball the up the entire time. Chambers was the kicking the ball down the field. It wasn't just Marie and, and Berlino. Everybody was trying to kick the ball into the channels. We were not comfortable. But we were playing counterattack football. The, the tactics were not to play the way that we had been playing because he was not confident. He was not confident in that high but line. Just, he switched it up. It's like counterattack. 
I didn't even see a structure. It's not enough just to say because bang it in the channel. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I don't I don't I agree he changed things. I don't I agree he didn't want to play a high line because I do think if you're playing the high line, look against Spurs and Chelsea, did at any point the players decide no we're gonna go backwards, even though they were getting ripped open over the top. No. So I do think there was an element that the manager said, no, we're gonna go a bit deeper in this game. Because I'm sorry, like you, you know, at no point did I see a high line. Do you know if you see it in phases of the game where they're trying to go high, then you can be like, fair enough, maybe the players are getting a bit scared or Brentford are pushing us backwards. But I've, I didn't see it. I didn't see the high line whatsoever. Souls, we, we, have, we have worked, guys, we have worked a mid-block. One of the biggest issues with Arteta is not being able to coach pat, kind of coaching patterns. I didn't see a single mid-block setup. This was the issue. It was horrible from him, yes. But there was no structure at all from a mid-block. Guys, we have this drilled. We have done this at the very least. And I didn't see a single structure at all. It was horrible. It, it was just... It, it, look, that is absolutely blamed on the manager. We've been through this, though. You have to set up your team. You have to give them the confidence. And you have to tell them to play to the tempo. But we were not doing the basics right. There was not a single mid-block thing that we were doing. If we abandoned the high line that we weren't doing for the last two games and we played in a back three like we had done previously or if we played in a low block that we have done before against other top six teams, I'd hear that. I'd hear it was a change of tactics. Something went wrong. Yes, <coughs> I can't pinpoint to you a single piece of pattern play defensively. A single piece of play pattern defensively, which at the very least, no matter how much you want to blame the manager, that is his bread and butter. So when I see that, and I don't see players listening to the very basics, there's a complete breakdown in the chain. You haven't done good enough as a coach to give them a clear picture of what to do. But at the same time, the players have not listened and have gone away from what they're used to. It's really, really bad on all accounts. I'm really pissed at it. I don't understand why you would choose this game to not make a mark. Both sides. Players, manager, the club. I refuse to believe that the 11 that came out there was not good enough to beat Brentford. I refuse to believe that. The thing is, like, in a technical sense, I, I, I agree with you. In a technical sense, I agree with you. But two factors of what Arteta had to pick from as a, as a overall squad... Mm -hmm. Could you really say he could have picked a better team? Because as you said before, no one was complaining that's about That's my it. point. Given with what he has available to him, that's the only team he could have really picked, given the circumstances with injuries and the ones that are available. And But that's my point. Everybody here, I want, I like legitimately, legitimately, guys, we may not be at the quality, but are you telling me that this was a 2 nothing game where we weren't going to get a touch, you were maybe going to get one shot on target to a Brentford team that concede, concede really, really poor, okay? They're poor on transitions. And this was the story of the game that we were going to have. We we're going to have barely any shots, but also we we're going to be so poor defensively that you're going to concede off a throw-in. No, no one, no one's seen that coming. I agree with you, George, but like, the, the reality ridiculous. is different. But the reality is different. That is what happened. So you, we can sit here and talk about hypotheticals or we didn't see this coming. But the truth of the matter is, what's our biggest issue? Defensive mistakes from individuals. And that is, I'm not saying this time it was a set individual that made the, made the mistake that led to the goal. But it was just a lack of awareness. It was just ball watching again. It was just 
we weren't basic so it was it was just, just we goal. weren't we weren't pushing for the tackles we weren't being aggressive with our defend our defenses it's like we just forgot everything we all were the there but we I weren't, could say but that's like I mean. we, weren't, we weren't we weren't in the game like we actually did not enter the game at any point i've seen this before as well this is not the first time i've seen this under arteta we just are not prepared, and it starts from the very beginning. It's not just about even what happened on this the pitch today. We were not prepared to start this season. I think all of us know that. We can all say, even though the transfer window ends in a couple of weeks, we are not prepared. But to this level is just negligent for me. Next, next game, thank you for your super chat. He says, hey, Jessica, I would like to come on your show to talk football. I'm based in America, too. Feel free to get in contact with me on Twitter if you want to, like, come on or something like that. If you've had experience, like, you know, being on shows or whatever, but you also have the opportunity today to come on a little bit later. We will be doing calls, you know, so you can come on then. I'll send the link and you can come on if you want to talk. Yeah, I just, you guys, honestly, like, I just, I know that, like, the players didn't do what they were supposed to do. I'm not sitting here saying that, like, Leno has no, I mean, that the, fir the first goal that we gave up is just, is horrible from, from Leno. But I think when you start out a game. Chambers shows it, him both sides, Jess. Like, there are yeah. so many breakdowns. I know, Pepe I, I know that. Pepe, Pepe does not meet his marker. It was a second ball that Pepe is pointing to Chambers to get back and not running back. He doesn't meet the header off. Then Chambers shows him line and opens his body up to take the blind side right to the center. I'm then not Leno saying that it's not, not an individual error, though, George. What I'm saying is that, like, it just starts from the very beginning. Like, I just feel like we're not good enough to have these individual errors and still come out on top. And I think when you don't set up correctly, you we just unravel very quickly. Like, I think they put up the... Yeah the the statistics that when we go down we don't we never win when we're so down when we at don't, half yeah, yeah when we're down at half win. we never come back and that i feel like that's because usually in those games we set up or we don't set up well enough we get overran because we're not prepared and we don't have enough leaders or quality out there to turn the game around as soon as we went down i knew we'd lose i knew we'd lose we didn't have we don't have enough. There's a quality issue. There was a tactical issue today. Arteta didn't set up the team right, and we still have the same boneheads in this team doing the same bonehead stuff that they've been doing since they've been here. You know, that's that's just – it's all of it. I do agree with you, George, that it's not just Arteta. They didn't show up. I get that. And individual errors. But Arteta still has to take some of that blame, and Adu as well, for allowing us to come into the season – unprepared jesse he has to take all of it because you know but just like the biggest thing that i keep repeating i have not seen this game from arteta before there was literally no structure i've seen a breakdown in structure i've seen him attempt to take out the team and do it wrong with villarreal a wrong tactic i've seen it go wrong but at least there was a structure and there was an attempt to control something i didn't see this before this is a huge red flag for me I have not seen this level of inconsistency and disorganization from an Arteta team ever. I haven't seen it. I couldn't name to you, Jess, what build-up structure we did. I can normally do that. Even if the game is poor, even if there's individual mistakes, I can name you what structure we're playing. I couldn't name to you a single defensive structure that we did. Were we man-marking in defense and at set pieces? I don't know. Was it zone? Because it was both. At one point, look, like I have not seen this level of incompetence in every single phase of the pitch. It's a massive, massive red flag. 
And I don't know. You want to blame the manager. You want to blame the players. I prefer to blame them all, like I said, from the very, very beginning. But I'm not prepared to say that I've seen this from an Arteta team before. I've not seen this. It's very, very worrying. It's the next step for me. It's when this seemed like the dressing room was gone. I'm not saying that it is. But this is the type of performance that you get when players are disinterested in a philosophy and disinterested in the belief. There is no belief because then they're just playing with themselves. And you've got hero ball, I call it. I got people doing individual actions, playing for themselves, protecting their passing numbers. Like, this was a complete breakdown in the chain. This is my point in this entire thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm not sitting here defending Arteta. And, like, I keep saying he is a big part to blame because when you get this level of disconnect, this level of disconnect from players, it wasn't just one or two or three. It was back to front. We were not good enough. That falls at leadership, and it does. But so, it's got to fall at individuals as well. I don't accept that you can sit there and take the status quo. We simply don't have. You put up that stat that at halftime, if we do concede, we never seem to want to win. Yeah. I would like to think that there are some players that don't like that. and we. Simply I don't think don't... we have enough of those. I don't think we have enough players that say, you know what, I actually hate losing, and I don't want to lose today. We looked on the bench – we're asking Bakao Saka to save us. Like, we actually don't have the personalities in our team. Reg Like says we don't need Odegaard. We need a, a force who can impact the game. This is exactly why you pay $10 million extra for James Madison. Odegaard doesn't change that game. I looked no. at that game and I asked myself, does Odegaard change this game? No, he doesn't. He does not change this game at all. Because he can't score a goal and he tends to fade. He does tends Granite, to fade. Does Locatelli? Does Neves? Like, I'm sorry. These players that we are target, it's it's really, really annoying. And people keep calling me that I, I'm stuck to my principles. I don't think Basuma accepts that. I really don't. I don't believe that James Madison would accept that. No. I really, really don't. And there's a reason because you profile these players to come and fix the major problems at this club, which have been mentality from literally a decade. This isn't just, and this is what my point that I really get very frustrated because this isn't a this year problem. This wasn't a last year problem. This has been a decade problem since, since Wenger has left, factually. This team and these players aren't good enough. And by the way, multiple coaches have done it. And I'm getting real, real tired of rinse and repeating the same crap where we go, let's give the manager time, let's give him a year, okay, cool, we get it, and then we circle back that the players aren't good enough, and we rinse, repeat, and we put managers and good men through the Arsenal laundry machine. And it's getting, Fox. getting old. Fox. There are people that we have had different philosophies, different managers, and look, Manchester United have done the exact same thing where they've gone through different players, different philosophies, different managers. At what point do they recognize their process is wrong, or is it the managers? Because I, I find it very hard to believe that we've got now two managers with very different philosophies, very different philosophies, and they both failed. At what point, at what point are we going to sit there and be honest that the level that we have in this squad is not able to compete? The thing is, the difference, right, Georgia, yeah, with before, with, say, Unai Emery and Wenger, at least it's like you've tried your hand with a manager that has experience and the people behind him that are tasked with finding quality players 
profiling them and bringing them in, they have experience as well. There is, at least if you tried in that vein and you failed, that is something that mentally you can process, right? You can understand that. But when you put not just a manager, but a, a technical director or what, whatever Edu's exact role is, and they, the, the two most pivotal roles of, of your the, the heart and soul of your football club, and you decide to do that and expect different results, that, that in itself is basic. And for me, that is like the source of everything because everything after that is in a downward motion. Do you know what I mean? The manager's indecisions or the, where, where he's not making the right decisions or picking the right players or formations like in the Villarreal game or, you know, the Edu with with transfers and, and thinking it's acceptable or... But, mate, you know what it is? You know what it is, mate? In that when he should be signing players. Mate, and then... I, can, I can hear that opinion, but you know what it is? Fundamentally, we have tried to recruit football people. If I would sit there and objectively stand out, okay, I don't think he's right and he's a good person for the job. But Edu had experience at Corinthians. I can sit there and back up. Look, he's done the job. This isn't like we pluck somebody out of nowhere. Richard Garlick, who everybody is saying, he was head of the Premier League and a very well-respected sports law solicitor. From the outset, I can see those moves and saying, okay, you tried to do it. You mm-hmm. tried to recruit a football person who's done yeah. the job and he's failed. But, but the, the problem is- with this club is we sit there and we're too sentimental with our decisions. We don't know when to cut the cord too quick. And we don't know when to realize that things are past the point of fixing before we start to implode. And I think it's, it's I just to, very uh, frustrating. It really I is. Wanted, I want to say this right really quick. First of all, there's 468 of you guys watching on all platforms. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. Nashville Gunner says, my favorite link this summer was Lewis Campos. And I go back to this because for me, there's a manager issue, obviously. I do think that we're looking at a manager that I feel is out of his depth, not because he's not going to be a good manager at some point in his career, but we are in the mud. Like we are actually in a really difficult position and I don't think he can get us out, but I was willing to see him with new players, see if he can get it done. I think we're under too much pressure and with fans back in the stands, not only is our team unable to deal with pressure, but he's, he's not dealing with it either. And when he gets back to the Emirates, I think he has a rude awakening coming for him. My favorite link this summer was Luis Campos. Adu, has, he's left us in a position where we're unprepared in this window. But this also goes back to the hiring of the Cronkies and how every single, can you, have we made a decent executive signing like no. under the Cronkies since like Wenger has been gone? Like can Permer we actually Higher you set up. That's it. That's it. He they've hired Unai Emery. They've hired Arteta, Adu, Raul, Ivan Gazidis. Like we both. And I say uh, Sven, but then they fired him. They've. I don't think so. Sven didn't do. Sven, look at his track record. Look at his track record of his actual transfer windows. They weren't that good. They weren't that great. In fact, what he did put us on very big wages that put us back years as well. We have a fundamental issue with our ownership. And at this point, I don't really see them being able to hire correctly to get us out of this hole. Because not only are they not willing to put the money up 
So in order to get better people, you have to pay the best and we never get the best. We always get the cheaper option because we want to cut freaking corners. Arteta and Adu are in position. So Harry Simeon asked me on his show, do I think that the inexperience of Adu and Arteta was holding us back? Or that's the reason why our transfer window is going the way that it is. And I said, I'm not sure because I'm not in the room. I'm not in it. I can say 100% their inexperience is killing us. This is two windows in a row. We go into a season unprepared. And it's unacceptable. This is unacceptable. You have Ben White, who you spent $50 million on. Thomas Party, you spent $45 million on. These are expensive players that are being asked to play with mid-table slash championship level players. Or children. That is so unacceptable. Ben White is not a bad player. I do not blame him for today. Would you blame him for being shaky, playing against a Brentford team, not scared of you, full stadium, with Marie on your left, and Chambers on your right? I don't want to hear anything about Ben White not being a good player. I don't want to hear anything about Thomas Party not being a good player. That's the same thing we said about him, too. We don't ever finish the project, and we won't unless we hire the best. We're never going to finish this up. You know what's coming next, you guys? Saka, ESR, Martinelli, gone. We are not in a position to speed this project up enough for them to feel like we're competitive. I don't think this is a one-off. Do you know what it is, I Jess? I don't think it's a one-off. You know, like, we, we can sit here and blame the owners for not maybe pumping money into the club. That's, that's okay, fair enough. But let's look at it. Let's look at it subjectively. We've spent £105 million this window already on white, Laconga to the, and by the way, I'm not criticizing the signings, but if we think about it, could that money have gone to better use to to improve the starting eleven a hundred percent? Because you've got the likes of Awar, Basuma, who would have cost you you know, Basuma could have been 25, 30 to 35 million. It's it, you know, it's kind of, the figures vary. Um, Awar's come down to 25 fixed fee, you know. Yes, the agent is a bit of a you know, whatever. But that's that's besides the point. It'll still won't cost you a lot of money to actually get that deal over the line. There's about fifty-five million, and that already improves your starting eleven. And then you know when you look at, I know people don't like this one, but Onana for me, I know it's I know he's not available to like, you know, from November to like you know February because of Afcon and everything. I get that, I understand that, but that's already less than what we've already spent. And guess what? You've already drastically improved your starting eleven. So I can't, I'm not going to sit there and, and, and accept that. You know, I don't like the Cronkies, by the way. I do think they need to go. But could the money that has been spent been used better? 100%. Yeah. And that's the incompetencies of Ed, either it's Edu that's suggesting these or Arteta. I don't know who makes the, who has the final say. That's the only thing I don't know because there's some some th theories going out that Arteta is the one who signs off on all these. If he doesn't, it doesn't happen. And some are saying that Edu ultimately makes these happen. So the money, the thing is we've improved our depth, but not the 11, which for me is mind boggling. When we're out of Europe, we don't, I'm not saying we don't need the depth. Of course we do. But, could we have done better 100% with the money we've spent? The thing is, if you if you only address depth without also addressing first-team quality, then you might as well have not even bothered with depth. You might as well have not bothered at all. Do you see what I mean? It's a pointless endeavour to, you know, not fully plug the, the inadequacies in our squad. And this is the thing, like, I think what you're both saying about inexperience at management level and in the players... It's a common thread throughout the whole core of the club. You know, Edu 
Arteta, the players that are being picked, you know, if you speaking about Ben White there, having having players around him that um let you know you can't just pin it on him. It's his first game. You know, he's 24 years old, he's a center back, he is of age where he has just taken a massive step up, you know, and if you're not gonna do enough to put sufficient quality on the pitch to help him, then it doesn't matter. You might as well not put him on the pitch at all. And and this is the thing, this this squad is crying out, you know, right back, Chambers was at fault in terms of the marking for the first goal. Didn't get tight enough to his man, and it's come through his legs. Le obviously, he's blocking Leno's view, but le could Leno have done better? Yes. What are the positions that we have been saying are crying out for improvement? Was well, right back, and we've been asking about a second-choice keeper, but the performances like that make you think about your first-team one. And, you know, midfield, in the, in the deep-lying parts of it, and a number 10. And you can't you can't put that on Saka and and ESR and Martinelli and even Balogun. Balogun went off the pitch, and he went off the pitch having only made thirteen touches, less than anyone else on the pitch. That is the fifteenth game that we've lost by going down at half time and not coming back. And I think only three or four that have been drawn. There's click. So this isn't a new problem. You know, when we are going down, when we are in the mud, when we are in the trenches, we are not dragging ourselves about back up again, back up again at all. And, you know, you, you, the people at the top should want to do more about that. But they just don't seem to want to do that. They're not interested. We fixed one thing and we never fixed the other. Like you yeah. just said that, you know, we address backups, but not the first 11. We never really finish the whole thing and give ourselves a really good chance to compete. We're always one injury away or one thing less than we actually need to compete. So I think we've gotten kind of like our feelings out there. We're already at 45 minutes, so we're not going to be able to do winners and losers, which pretty much, I mean, it's a, it's a wash. We're the losers. It is what it is, but I'm opening up the lines now. So you guys can have your call or, you know, have your say the link is in the chat box right now. And there's some of you guys already lining up. What I will say is make sure that your Wi-Fi is good. Make sure that we can hear you. I prefer you guys to have your video on, but if you don't, that's fine. But no abuse. You know, keep it short. Be respectful. But you can be honest. Like, you know what I mean? Not trying to police you too much. But yeah, you guys, I mean, it's just, we're just in this weird place. Like, you know, and it was all set up for this. You, I woke up this morning and bombing and Lancazette are out. You know, we know we're going to play some kids. We're playing Brentford at home. They're fired up. And then the Odegaard news, everything was just kind of like building up for us to lose this game. So it is kind of like, here we are again. But we'll kind of see how things pan out. I don't think that this is going to make Adu work any harder or any quicker. I think he's arrogant and he thinks that, well, it is what it is. I just deal on my own time. That guy is a madman to me. I can't believe he just that this is where, I mean, come on, like, come on, let's see. We have a caller here to Wanda. Hey, how are you? You're gone to What happened? What happened? Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. T says we need Arsenal back, man. The league is becoming more competitive at the top and Arsenal aren't progressing. I mean, it's true. We are having a hard time competing now because we just, 
when you look at our squad, you just, we have a lot of really good young talent that's not really at the point where they can be beneficial. That we can't to get us. on the pitch together, though, Jess. Like last season, how many games did Tierney, ESR, Saka, and Thomas Partey play together? Can anybody answer me that question? It was about three, wasn't it? Or two? Three, three games. Four, three 90 minutes in the Premier League season. We're just those four, by the way. Like, we're not talking about first choice in other positions, but just, just those four, our most important players. So, look, there are a lot of issues. I wasn't expecting a change and have to have everything fixed this season, but I also will – I'm sorry. I will refuse to project that we're going to have a horrible season based off one horrible day. I won't. There, there's a certain amount of context that I need to apply. And for me, I look at, I need 10 games. I need to see at least five games of us with our starting 11. And I need to see if this carries on. That's what I need to do. And I need to see what we do at the end of the window, because it is a fluid situation. I'm very, I'm shocked with what I saw today. It was the lowest I saw from a Mikel Arteta team ever. And it wasn't just tactics it was just there was nothing there that I could say was a redeeming quality. And for me, I could say things about Villarreal that were redeeming. Okay, he tried something. I totally disagreed with it, but he tried this way. This is how he wanted to set up. Can't say that today. It's the, I said it earlier in the show. It seemed like there was no desire. There was no effort. There was nobody backing the philosophy from back to front. And I'm just not prepared to then project an entire season off one bad day. It's just not who I am. So I will never say that this is the status quo. I don't believe that there's no way that we can get out of this. I think that the last couple signings are positive. They are in a positive direction. They are in a mold that I would agree with. But I'm just not going to sit there and then expect us to jump from eighth to now top end of the table without the required additions. And that's going to be the specific, the specific parts of this. Like if you were to go get a Madison, if you were to go get these things, I could understand the climb up the table. But if you're going to tell me I went from Madison to now Odegaard, okay, well, that's not something I had in my plan. If I was going to go from Basuma to Shaka and no replacement at all, that wasn't part of my plan. Are we not going to address the right back at all? That wasn't part of my plan. I wanted Rydal Baku. Like if we don't do those moves, then I'm not then going to say, oh, the fourth that I thought we would do in our business will be realized. So I think expectations absolutely are going to change in the next two weeks. We need to see what they end up doing because I actually disagree, Jess. I think there has to be a response. The fans at the Emirates won't allow it. It's going to be extremely Oh, I toxic. think there needs to be a response. I don't think it's coming. Adrian it is, has to. is he's, <laughs> he's just, he's not that guy. He doesn't rate us. He, he doesn't, he's not going to look online and say, wow, I really messed up. He's going to look and say, these, they don't fucking know anything. I'm doing my, my, my hardest. I'm doing as good as I can. I don't think they can with the fans. That was the one thing during COVID that they then didn't they experience. Go. Then they need to go. Like they the reality is, there was always a huge possibility that Arteta would be sacked before December. There was always a huge possibility of that, and they're just expediting it. He should, he Arteta should look at Adu and say, "You're actually just killing me right now because they're not getting things done." And I refuse to believe that there wasn't a better way to economically use our money, get deals done a little bit quicker, so we weren't in this position. You said 100%. it yourself. We should be getting Basuma. Right? We actually should have expedited that as soon as Thomas Party got injured. You have Basuma in your midfield today. You don't get beat off the pitch. 
You know, it's just, it's not. The, the, the thing is, it's not expensive. That's the problem. Like, it's a 30 million pound euro, whatever signing. It's not a lot of money. I'm sorry. I don't believe that we've gone for Madison, that's 60 million. And we've gone for Ben White, which is 50 million. I'm not saying we didn't need Ben White, but I'm sure we needed a midfielder more than we needed Ben White. So if we've got money to spend on a position that's not a priority, in my opinion, then why don't we have the money to go get? Because I said it like, Instead of getting Madison, if you can't, if Madison is the only deal you want to do, don't do it. Go get yourself Basuma and Awa, which would make us better than Madison alone, in my opinion. Nashville Gunnar, have your say. Welcome back as well. Hey, guys. How you doing? Nice. Could be better. Yeah. Been better days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Can hear you. Just talk a little bit louder for us, though. You guys are breaking up on me a little bit. Let me. Uh, no. Do you want to jump out and come back in? Okay. Yeah. It's. Uh, I, I can't hear you guys very well. Let me. Yeah. Uh, just come on. back in. Come back in. All right. We're gonna bring on Daniel. Are you there, Daniel? Hello, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, I can hear you now. Have your say, man. What are you, What are your thoughts? Uh. I, I don't know what to say. I was in complete shock. Um, I mean, when I saw the starting lineup, I was like, okay, it's positive. Um, not exactly what I had planned, but I, I kind of liked it. And then as we got to the pitch, I just saw that we looked completely flat and I didn't expect that. And I just saw that a team that didn't, they didn't, they looked like they didn't really care. And that's the first time I've seen that in a Mikel Arteta team. I think the one thing that Arteta demands is effort and work hard. And I just felt like they weren't committed to anything, like committed to doing what Arteta asked. And I, I felt like he was getting frustrated as a game went on. I think they, I saw Arteta looking frustrated as he came out from half-time. Like they weren't, they were almost like not listening. And that's the, that's the first for me. Uh, I just felt like everything that could have went wrong went wrong today and it was a poor day in the office. For me personally, this just shows why we need to move a bit quicker in the market and um, why the players we have are just simply not good enough. And it highlights the weaknesses we have in the team. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that we do need to move quicker. And a lot of fans, including me, I was, you know very like kind of like okay well we need to move players out we need to do this we need to do that but the reality is is that we left ourselves in a position where we were just a couple of absences away from being completely underprepared and if you it's like I want to give them grace because I know it takes a while and we have all this dead wood but I almost feel like Arsenal need to be a lot more urgent and stop being so aloof when it comes to changing this team over I know a lot of people feel like we have to sell before we buy. And even Arteta tried to say that it's not that, but it definitely is 100%. But why can't we just buy the players that we need, be prepared and kind of like figure it out after? Because quite frankly, if we just don't, if we, I know it sounds bad, but maybe you just don't register some of the players. They're dead anyway. You know, like this, if we have the money, which they made it feel like the entire window that we had the money. So I'm basing this off of what they basically told us. If we have the money, 
bring in Madison, bring in whatever players you need to deal with the rest later. We're in a dire position. Like we really, really are. And I don't, for me, it's not so much about that. I think that we won't win any game this entire season. It's not that I just fear on that first game at that first home game, we're going to buckle again because the fans are going to be on Arteta's back and this team doesn't deal well with pressure. And that's just not what you need. You win this game, you get a couple of results against Manchester City and Chelsea, and we're we're good to go. But now you set yourself up where you're getting cooked for the next three to five games if you don't get it together. So it's 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 dead. It really, really is. It really, really is. The, the oh, thing you is, guys. Go ahead. The thing is, what what is the cost of not spending that extra 10 or 20 million and not strengthening the squad sufficiently? to get into the places for Europe. How much further does that set you back? The targets that you can approach after a third season of, of, of finishing below where you should be as a football club, how much less attractive that makes you look? You, you can already see the difference of where we're having to look for players after our first season out of Europe. What happens if that happens a second season? So like when you're looking at this like, whole scenario of Odegaard over... Madison, I don't see it as Odegaard is a bad player, but that difference in quality for 10 or 20 million could literally make you and save you millions in the longer term by getting back into Europe and getting to a place where you can be competitive again. So I just it's I just don't understand it at all. The thing the thing is Crunky is like pride themselves on being these sporting tycoons and like you know building these business empires in the sporting industry and for me, it I don't see it. I don't see the logic in a lot of what they're doing. I don't look. I don't know whether it's the Cronkies directly or who they've hired, but Madison get like you know, Gunnar King said, like it gets you into. In my opinion, getting someone like a Madison gets you into Champions League contention and top four contention if you then build around it as well. Spending, I don't know, one season, and I've said this many times. What we need is one big window where we spend maybe, it's not even about how much we spend, it's about get that big window where we get a Madison in, we get a Basuma in, we get the likes of, I don't really want Martinez, it's not my type of striker with the way Arteta plays personally, um, I'd rather someone else come in, but, you know, you spend, for me it's like, every if you look at every big team, they've spent big, big once, and then after that they've just added. Yeah. And, and, and the way we're moving is as if our team just needs adding to, not that it needs improving. But, Souls, we had this argument kind of in our chat earlier. If you're telling me that Madison, like, logically, does everybody not deny that we had a first bid turned down of roughly $45 million plus a player? Is, is, that, is that, like, logical for everybody to assume that that was real and that wasn't yeah. fake? Or maybe yeah. $40 million? Let's go pessimistic. $40 million plus a player. Did we not just sell Joe Willick for 25 million pounds? Yeah. If you give me 65 million pounds, are you telling me Odegaard solves any of the issues? Or could you not go get a Hussam Awar plus an Ives Basuma for that? That's what I'm money? saying. That's what you do. That's a logical thing so, to do. Yeah. If if um, Madison's the only if if you're only gonna spend, let's say 65 million, let's just call it for what it is. If mm -hmm. all you've got is 65 million. The logical, the smart thing to do is go get yourself. I'm not saying this is what I want. Yes, I would rather have Basuma Madison, but you, you for the for the 
for the sake of the club and the way it's going to need to move forward, you go get yourself an Awar, who, by the way, we were we were negotiating at 50 million just a season ago. Yeah. So what? I don't, I'm sorry for half the price, even if he has dropped in quality over the season, I'm sure he's not dropped half of his quality. I don't think that's true. And then you go get yourself Basuma, and guess what? You've knocked two birds with one stone, where you you were going to buy one player, and then you still had to sort the other position out anyway. But in this way, at least you've balance the team a little bit more but so, yes, so my point is yes. my point is i don't believe that we can't make the moves i do not no, believe that we cannot make the moves like part of the issue that i'm really really struggling with right now is this idea that i'm supposed to be absolutely hell-bent on us never being able to turn things around i'm supposed to be from this position there's no possible way of making smart moves to get back to the top i just don't buy it i really don't buy it and I don't think that we would be making smart moves. And I don't want to hammer because I don't know if Odegaard absolutely happens. I don't know if Ramsdale absolutely happens. I've been quite bullish on record about what I feel should happen in the transfer window. And there's a fluid situation that I don't want to speak in finality to. But I refuse to believe that we couldn't have done something this season. I refuse to believe, even if you told me, Madison, George, you can't get Madison. I would have responded right away. Get out, get Awar and Basuma. I'll make a concession somewhere else. I don't think that even happens. Let's say you didn't want Basuma. I can name you another center midfielder. Go get Ibrahima Diallo from Southampton. Go get Bubakar Kamara from Olympic Marseille. 15 million pounds. I don't need massive things to address the squad, but if I don't see you even make an attempt, this is where I struggle with. The 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 thing is, if you're going to decide to not go in for the expensive players, that's fine. You know, if if it's a case of taking a decent amount of money and getting someone like Lekonga and Tavares, they, okay, they haven't come in for so much money, but I don't think any of them can take any real blame in the results there. I think actually Lekonga looked pretty good. So if, if you get players like that, where there's scope to improve and at least you like overall add find players for the areas that need more strength and depth, then that's fine. But we're doing neither, or we're just doing it in one or two areas and then thinking that we can wing it whilst these other areas aren't done and thinking we can readdress that at a later stage. And we go through this cycle where we leave off doing the next part so long that the first players that came in the first place just want to jump ship. And it goes around and it repeats itself. I think you're on mute, Jess. That's such a good point. Like I've been, we just don't act quick enough. We still have yet to get Thomas Party a proper partner. He's been, already been here for one season. We'll take forever to get a right back for for Ben White. It's just, it's just not on. Like it's just not on. But Ch Gunner is here. I want to give him a chance to to say his piece as well. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the channel. What have you? Yeah, say? thank you so much, Jess. Yeah, like my name's Jess. Um, I'm Swiss, so of course you know. Um, Granite is a is a big player for for our national team, and what brings a lot, you know, the best out of Zaka is truly having a defensive, a dynamic defensive midfielder next to him. Mm -hmm. And uh, Fruler really brought the best out of him during the Euros. Huh? I felt, you know, having that dynamic, you know, midfielder who'll get the ball, you know, do all the running around while Zaka. He picks up the ball and just passes it on. So, um, you know, I felt like that Lukonga today, 
you know, he kind of showed the sort of partner that, you know, Zamek, you know, Zakel works well with. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I thought that was positive, which, you know, brings me on to my next point, which brings me on to, you know, the direction which our team is going into, uh, which, you know, as any Guna, you know, we, we're all heartbroken, uh, I think, by last season, pre-season and this season. You know, it's, you know, it's a, it's a bad time uh, to be a Guna. But... Um, I truly do believe uh, that the Kronkes, they're, they're not the main reason behind it. I do believe that they, they kind of have put up the money. You know, they have, you know, funded Pepe and everything. You know, now Ben White, you know. So the money's there. Uh. Edu, you know, he's brought in some quality players. You know, he's brought in, you know, Lukonga, Ben White, you know, re-signed Martinelli, Saka and everything. I think Edu's done a good job. I do believe a lot of the blame lies with Mikel Arteta and that, you know, Mikel Arteta isn't bringing the best out of our players. I do believe some of our best games is come out of, you know, maybe luck, you know, him bringing Smith, Emil Smith-Rowe into the fold and everything because of injuries and everything. I'm just, you know, when we lost against Villarreal in the Europa League, that's when I believe we should have sacked him. So that was my final point. Arteta out. So the one thing I do want to say is that, well, thank you for, you know, your opinion and stuff. The one thing I will say is that when you say what Jacka needs, I actually feel like at this point we don't need to be thinking about what Jacka needs. We just spent $45 million on Thomas Party, and Jacka is not what mm. Thomas needs. So it's actually more important for us to look beyond him. Yeah. I get that the Cronkies have put money in. It's been money from the club that was circulating through the club because we were able to make sales and we were in Champions League. Now that we're not there anymore, we're having a hard time kind of generating cash to spend on players. He, they have spent money. We have spent money on players. The issue is, is what Gunner King said which is we do spend 50 million here, 70 million here, 45 million here, but we always have one or two players that are really good that never have the players around them to make them actually tick. We never finish. So that is an issue from the Cronkies. It's an issue from the people that they hire as well. One of the Cronkies biggest issues is they cannot hire properly. When you hire people that don't know what they're doing, that's on you. It always starts from the top. They hired Raul, Ivan Gazidis. They kept Arsene Wenger too long, sorry to say it. Hired Unai Emery, Arteta, Adu. These are all incompetent people that they hired. And they don't know what they're doing. And it's trickling all the way down. So for me, I, I hear what you're saying. Arteta is an issue. But the, who's the next manager that even comes in? You know what I mean? Like after this, do we really trust that they're going to hire the right guy? I'm not sure. But, you know, thank you so much for coming on, CH. really appreciate it. Hopefully your day gets better and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, we're going to bring Banky in. Banky, what you got to say, man? Are you going to uplift us today? Are you going to you have some good words for us or how you feeling? Oh, I can't hear you. Hold on. There you go. Still can't hear you. No, Unmute yourself. Unmute. Can you hear there me? You go. Yeah, yes, I can. Hi, everyone. I really want to say something positive. Unfortunately, and it's hard. It's, it, yeah, after after a game like this, it's quite 
difficult to be objective. I don't want to make this a rant, but and I've been listening to what everybody has been saying, which is not far off what we've all been saying throughout the whole um, you know, window and last season and all that stuff. Um, it's hard. It's really, really hard. It's really, really hard to put how I feel into words, to be honest. And um, unfortunately, I'm beginning to accept that this might be a continuous trend for us. As much as um, I try to be one of the most optimistic people, even as difficult as this seems, about trying to be objective about supporting Ateta, the process and things like that. Sometimes the reality smacks you in the face and you just have to like, from what I saw today, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for us not going forward. Let me be honest with you guys. That's my opinion. And that's not because I'm judging based on the first game of the season, which should be quite, you know, rational sometimes because at the end of the day, we don't have, we didn't have, like I said, we didn't have a Bamiyang today. We didn't have Thomas Bader today, which are excuses that we can always make. But at the end of the day, the problem I have with Arsenal right now, the problem I have with the team I've been watching for the past two, three years about Arsenal is attitude. I can take my club losing. I can take my team losing. It's fine. It's part of the game. But of all the last, sort of the last five years and all the top six teams that have occupied the last you know, top six in the last sort of five, six years I've been in this decline. When you look at the teams you're playing against, when you see the likes of even Leicester City, there's a swagger about them the way they play. And I don't want to go off tangent too much here. I don't see personalities in my team, and that's the problem. That's one thing I'm not used to about Arsenal. It's not It's not like the likes of... There was a time we had... Remember, guys, there was a time we had Song, Leb, Flamini, Diaby, Danielson. And we weren't still happy. That's why the way they were playing. Ramsey were like, we need better. We did this. We can do better. And these are players that we're looking back now. We're thinking, we wish we had them back. You get what I'm saying? You, when you play for a club like Arsenal, I want to see that personality. I want to see that attitude. I want to see that on guy. I want to see that pride in you wearing that jersey. And I don't see that in these players. And I don't know where the connection seems to have caught. Because when Ateta came in, it was all about attitude, desire, the non-negotiables. And I get it. But the players I'm watching right now, it seems like you literally have to tell them what to do. And it's like they've tried so many things in training and they expect exactly what they've tried in training to work out on the pitch. And if it doesn't work out on the pitch, they're confused. They don't know what to do. They can't create anything from their own mind themselves. And that's something you never associate with Arsenal at all. You get what I'm saying? You have like, you know, players like Leib, Nazri, Flamini, Ryusha, they play this ping pong passes. Even when we lost games, we were like, okay, we lost a game today, but come on. Our team played really well. And when you take that away from us as Arsenal fans, you're killing us, literally. So for me, I can take my team losing, but seeing my team not fighting, not playing, not having personality on the pitch, I cannot comprehend it. And Arteta, I don't think his voice is connecting with the players anymore. That's why I feel like, unfortunately, as much as I like to be an optimist and I want to believe that there's something in him I just feel like this job is too big for him. We can go all about criticizing Kronke, which I support all day of the week. But listen, they are businessmen. I don't, I'm not going to tell them how to spend their money. And I'm not going to waste my time on how they're going to spend the money because they're not, they're not, they're not deaf to what they've been saying. It's no, it's no, it's no, it's no, uh, there's no point. There's no gain saying about the fact that it's obvious to a blind man that Arsenal needs signings. We need top players. We need the Bernardo Silvers. We need the, you know, the Bissumas and things like that. We've been, we've been saying this. It's obvious to a blind person for the past like 
six months, even before they had the opportunity of a window. And that's the grace I gave Arteta. Like, okay, well, it's not his team. He's still trying to build his team. He's brought to him as party, quality player. Oh, let's give him this summer. Let's see what he's going to do. And for me, I'm disappointed. Now, I want to say something which I'm hoping is not true, but it's a bit strange to me that a few days before the start of the new season, there was no issue with Lacazette and Obama. All of a sudden, they bought hell. It makes no sense to me. I hope it is what it is in face value, but I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to think there's something going on because I'm putting myself in their shoes. As a quality player that I've done it over in Dortmund and I've played, what did we buy Lacazette from? I can't even remember. Was it Leon? You know, was it Leon? And these are players that they play with Caliber. It's not about you being a star player. The same thing happened with Alexis Sanchez. He was a star player anytime any day from Arsenal. But at some point, he kept on... He was, he was annoyed, he was upset, he was angry about the kind of players he was being surrounded by because he was being surrounded by mediocre players. And if you sign a player like Aubameyang on a new contract and you give him a captaincy and things like that, we're all saying, oh, he's lost his form and things like that. It's not just down to the player, you know. It's about the energy you have around you. We cannot build a team around Smith, through Saka and these young boys. I get it, they're the future of the club, but right about now, with the position Arsenal is right now, it's too much to put that pressure on those kids. And if we all, the fans can see that we need quality players, players with personality. I always say this word, I and mean, people get tired of, I get tired of saying it all the time. Personalities is what wins games. Look at Brentford today. There's no known names around there, but those guys came out fighting. Like, you're asking, Alabi, we'll show you that, okay, we are Brentford too. We'll fight and show you that it's a game of 11 against 11. So I'm not making excuses for Arsenal today that, okay, we didn't have Lacazette Aubameyang. I wanted to see more from the players fighting, pride, passion. So, I don't know, it feels like I'm going on a tangent right now, but guys, I don't know. I want to be positive. It's after the game, you can understand my emotions. Mm-hmm. But even on a, on a day like this, I, I don't know what positivity to, <laughs> to, to give I know you. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to go on a negative train, but at the same time, I just want us to be very real. I see the bigger picture. Yeah, I think Ateta may be losing the dressing room. I think if it's not losing the dressing room, it may just not, there's a disconnect there. So we might be looking at maybe changing the manager in the next few months or something. I think so. Yeah, I think there's always a big possibility that he gets sacked before Christmas. It's just, it's a very difficult job. I'm sorry to cut you short. I can't comprehend the work of Eddie as well. You played in a team of invincibles, personalities, characters. You said you brought in Lokonga. Okay, yeah, he's 21. But come on, man, there are 23, 25-year-old players that have actually played in the Premier League, they've got personality, they've got character, they understand the game, they've got pride, they've got a little bit of cockiness and sassiness to them when they play. I want to see that play in Arsenal. I want to see somebody that, uh, give me the ball. Give yeah. me the ball. Okay, we haven't the had ball. that in I'll such make, a long I'll time. A, I'll, make mis- I'll make a mistake three times, but I'll try the same thing the fourth time and I'll create someone I'm going to score. I'm not seeing yeah. that. It's like, Shaka passes to this. Oh, I don't want it. Not in my backyard. I don't want it to guess. Oh, yeah, okay, take it back. I don't want even Saka. These things before you know it doesn't doesn't help when two key positions of the two key players that want to leave the club, Xhaka and Leno. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, Leno didn't come up in sovereign glory today either, did he? No, (laughs) he he didn't, but um, I can't imagine watching an Arsenal goalkeeper. I'm always under pressure, I'm always nervous every time he gets the ball. Like, yeah. you make you make two good saves and then you make three blunders that is almost going to lead to a goal. How yeah. have we got to this? And right. for them, not to, sorry, I'm not. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You always say like the most amazing things. And like, I know it was hard for you to like, not be able to say so many positive things, but thank you so much for coming on and we'll see you soon. I hope the next one is better for we guys. So those guys. So see you guys. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Okay. We'll end here. We have a super chat from blaze saying classic Arsenal fans, hyping players. Once they become gunners, me was better than white last season, but now he's a gunner. He's better than Rudiger. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, thanks for your super chat. But I think it's more about the players that he's playing around versus, you know, him not being a quality player. We do this all the time. They just, they're not playing with good enough quality. Um, ben White was probably shocked standing next to who he was standing next to watching Marie play that he was playing and watching Leno behind him. Like it was probably shocking. But you guys, we will be back on Monday for the post-match show at 10 p.m. UK time. That's when we'll really unpack this entire thing and, and talk more in depth. I think Harry will be there as well. So it'll be pretty much all of us here. Um, make sure you guys like the video and subscribe to the channel. There's still 462 of you guys watching on all platforms. Thank you so much. And um, remember that you can become a member of the channel now. Memberships are available. Just go to where the subscribe button is and just press join. I've also shared the link on Twitter as well. So you can join the membership. There's different tiers and you can become a member of the channel for less than $5 a month, which is pretty affordable. I want to thank Gunner King for being here, Souls and George. I know it was really, really difficult for you guys, but thank you so much for just rocking with me and all of you guys in the chat box. All right. I'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. Oh.